Hello everyone, I am Manny. And I'm Wyo. And this is the Kink Buffet Podcast, episode 16. You know, you're incredibly sexy when you say Kink Buffet Podcast. (laughs) Wow, the flattery. (laughs) That might be a red flag. That might be, oh, segue. (laughs) We're getting clever. So, yeah, we talked about uh, different ideas. Uh, By the way, we're in Helena, Montana. And we are at a turnout where we're trying to do the podcast. You're going to hear the occasional car drive by because in Montana, if you go down the wrong dirt road, you end up on private property (laughs) and you don't want to go onto private property in North Idaho or Northern Montana. (laughs) That's just a good rule of thumb. If you're ever up here, don't get off the main road. Super nice people stay off their property. Fortunately, here in the mountains, there's a sleeping giant that is overlooking, so hopefully we'll be safe here. Yeah, we can see it's a a couple mountains that look like, well, a giant sleeping on their back. It actually looks like Homer Simpson. (laughs) It does. It really does, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty cool. So you had an idea for a podcast, and this one you actually did a little bit of research for. I did. So we can just have a little bit of a candid conversation around 12 of the red flags that I thought were notable for looking when looking for a play partner or a kinky person to date. Now, is this something that directed more towards what submissives should be looking out for in a dom or is it is there an overlap to just any type of kinky play partner actually there's a lot of overlap in general with relationships and dealing with people in general but i think we can make it specific to looking at it from both sides as a kinky person because i'm sure people have heard these before from other you know relationship advice blogs or whatever so we'll put our spin on it okay okay so i i let me start by saying the Number one rule of thumb, I tell everybody getting new into this, I've probably mentioned this on three previous podcasts, I'll mention it again, you know what I'm going to say, the one sentence that you've never heard at a dungeon or in the BDSM community is, there were some red flags early with that person, boy am I glad I ignored those and played with them anyway. It turned out great. Yeah, it turned out great. Uh, That is just something that... That's a unicorn among unicorns. Red flags, if you ignore in other relationships, could wind up costing you a little money or a couple arguments or somebody that you have to get your brother to move out of your house. All right. But within the BDSM community, red flags can be dangerous. Very. So uh, let's dive right in. Yeah. So I have not heard any of these. So you're just going to put them out there and see how they go okay and if we run long we'll break it into a couple different sounds good sections okay so the first one is pop in my bubble somebody who pops your bubble is somebody who's like just encroaching on your personal space doesn't respect your personal boundaries as far as like being a close talker or just doesn't take the hint now some people don't take hints very easily like you have to be more obvious when you're making 
being assertive with your space. But they also, if they're like a dangerous person, might be doing that in a way to test you to see if they can push your limits. So um, as a submissive, that's particularly concerning. People can do this right off the bat over text or in vet messages. It, it doesn't have to be something that's an actual encroachment physically, but it feels that way. It feels almost the same because they start talking to you as if they're way too familiar. So I, yeah, I think that's actually smart. So I like the first one. This one's a little harder to define though, because I mean, sometimes you just have to trust your gut on what is too far. Mm-hmm. But if a person, especially in a dominant role, they have to have some level of intuition. They have to have the ability to pick up social cues because, well, number one, they need to respect the things that you say, but you also have to have the ability to interpret things that are said and see and understand things maybe that aren't spoken at a level more than a normal relationship, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You have to do that. I would think that picking out a dom, they should also be asking questions about where your lines are and not making assumptions. Mm -hmm. Making assumptions when you play with somebody, especially if you top them, is, ooh, that's kind of, that could get sketchy. Because every single person is different and all the experience in the world is experience with the people that you've played with or read about or watched. But it does not necessarily carry over to the next person. So it's almost like the ability to know what you don't know. Then, you know, you'll set your own your own personal boundaries when you encroach on that. Is that kind of what you mean? Mm-hmm, definitely. And another way to kind of get a gauge on it is when you do as the submissive or the person who's feeling these space being invaded that if you assert the the resistance like tell them to back up a little bit or wait a minute I'm not ready for that if they express that they're upset because you're backing off or you know that is a red flag for sure yeah. because they should definitely honor your your um, space enough to understand that, that they've maybe gone too far too soon. Um, or if like they're really intense and you feel relief, like that's a red flag too. Like your instincts are telling you that now you're safe with that sense of relief. Yeah, and, and I think it's important though that this this is because Sue as I said you have to respect all red flags. This right off the bat is an area where I think there can be some gray area. If someone asks you on a text, so do you have kids? Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily crossing any boundaries that or you know, crossing any lines. Now if you personally don't discuss your personal life, your family, especially your children with somebody you can, like you said, you can express that mm-hmm. as long as they respect that and say, oh, I'm so sorry. Well, you know, hey, I don't like to talk about my, my personal family business with people I just met. 
if you get a good response out of that, I mean, that's not a deal breaker that they ask. I mean, it's a question. Mm-hmm. It's the response to that. Or if a couple minutes later you get another question in an area and then another question mm-hmm. that you need to be on, on guard for. So it's more, I think, more of a pattern or a lack of respect that would be the big now, red, have you experienced that any from the top, like with submissives who are maybe overly clingy, or what does that look like from? Because the invasion of personal space can come from both sides. So, not necessarily, because of my role in a dominant position, I'm setting rules and boundaries as we go, and clingy just becomes bratty I mean basically right I mean if I'm establishing these boundaries it's I'm in a position I'm in the position of power in this scenario not because I'm a man if a if I was a woman who was the dominant the dominant Mm -hmm. same thing but the position of power comes from the top in this case so there's not really an issue there if someone goes too far well that's just I'm laying down the rules right so, yeah, it's not not really a threat to me in that regard. Okay. okay. Um, so the next one I had was dominating of conversation. Now, that's kind of a sticky one because doms tend to do that. So, yeah, I tend to do that. <laughs> well, and there's a lot of people, even in vanilla context, that just like to talk. But people who are specifically manipulators will talk over people in a way that they invade the space. Enabled in a purpose to show control so like sometimes they'll even get very they'll be so charismatic and good at telling the stories like you feel hypnotized by what they're saying so that can be a red flag because you just get lost in them but that's also a good thing as well (laughs) it is so it is tricky how about the idea of somebody talking at you and not to you? Mm-hmm. Or communicating at you and not with you? Like, I don't think it matters. I mean, over the course of a day, if you counted the words each of us speak, 83 out of 100 are probably mine. <laughs> I, they just are. I'm, I'm a talker. You're a talker and I'm that, not. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's just personality. Mm-hmm. But when you talk, I listen. Right. If I catch myself interrupting you, I apologize. Definitely. Always. And therein lies the difference between somebody who uses their speech to invade the space and someone who doesn't, who just talks a lot. Yeah, and the question is really about what they say as well. Mm-hmm. You know, if it doesn't feel good, if they're not saying things that feel right, if it feels like a manipulation, if it feels like... Being controlling, not having control, or domineering, not being a dominant, mm-hmm. then you know look for that. But yeah, I don't, I'm not sure just dominating the conversation is much of a red flag as the attitude, talking at not to. Even that's tricky because if you are establishing a, a DS role, you may be establishing that you are above the other person. And you are talking at them because that is exactly what your role is. And there's nothing unhealthy about that. But that is a post-negotiation thing. Yeah, that we've, can be an incredible we've, tool. We've established roles. Right. But these are the roles. I don't put you there on my first conversation. Right. Uh, it kind of reminds me of when you, you've told me many times about you'll meet a, quote, dom 
mm-hmm. online and their first words are, you need to address me as sir. Right. It's just establishing a role that has not been negotiated or established yet or, or assuming a role of a position of authority when it, that doesn't exist yet. Right. When you go out with a dom for the first time, you are absolutely 100% equals in every single way until you've both agreed that that may not be the case. Until like, that role is negotiated otherwise, yeah, for sure. Otherwise, you're equals. Mm-hmm. And another thing with the way people talk is to listen for when timelines and stories or they omit information in a way that makes them seem better or like grandiose those kind of things are are definitely on the end of where it might start to look narcissistic but it can also be used to cater a tale towards you to make things sound the way that makes you want to like them more or play with them. So it's a manipulation in that way. It is. I think some of that's just assessing someone as a person. Mm -hmm. If someone talks about their last four exes and how everything was their fault, there's probably, it's probably not the case. Right. If someone's complaining about their last five submissives, all leaving them, and it was their fault. I mean, come on, that's take what they say with a grain of salt. Yeah. I think the acknowledgement of where just humanizing oneself mm-hmm. is well, I guess it could be a very good manipulation, but that doesn't feel as manipulative to me if you start with like being objective and honest about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, objective and honest is a really good basis for negotiating roles, but also just for good human interactions. Um, Even if it's, even if you are agreeing to play a character, it's usually the character is not sustainable for long. And if it's, it's, if it's a put on, it's not going to last. So eventually you'll see it. Yeah. All this comes down to feel. I mean... Your instincts, I mean, we have instincts that work. Mm -hmm. You know, not listening to your instincts is the biggest mistake. I mean, if something doesn't feel right, 100%, there's something not right. Absolutely. Not listening to it and not trusting that judgment, really easy to do. Mm -hmm. If you're attracted to somebody, if you've been seeking a certain type, type of kink or dynamic for a while and think you found one... If a person checks a whole bunch of boxes that you want, you could ignore a red flag. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why all of us are capable of doing this. Mm-hmm. Now, here's one that's much more easy to overlook because <clears throat> in those cases where you, they might line up with a whole bunch of other things that you like. And then this one thing might be kind of forgivable is when they have rapid mood changes. So somebody who like can't control their emotions might get really upset when things don't go their way like you talk about in traffic (laughs) somebody's going slow in the fast lane um, or they have a really quick shift of their nonverbal behaviors like all of a sudden they just get cold or maybe they switch from being super super sweet to really irritated and then back again but all of that with the undercurrent of getting their way 
Right. Well, I, I, I guess I'm confused what you mean, how that leads to getting one's way. Do you mean if it's on purpose that they're having these mood changes? Mm-hmm. Because there are genuine mood disorders where that might be just a byproduct of an imbalance but there's people who do these things because they let the mask slip so then the character is showing in a way and then they pull it back real quick to make sure that that maybe you didn't see it or so i think what you say then is it's the frequency that it really comes down to Mm -hmm. i think that i mean the vast majority of men can lose their shit at times Mm-hmm. It happens. The vast majority of women can become emotional at times. And vice versa. 2020, don't send the PC police on me. <laughs> men can be emotional and women can lose their shit. But Well, some women like that. They think it makes them stronger in the workplace to be known as the bitch. Yeah, you know? for sure. And so it's just a matter of how, how often it happens. I mean, you, you're not going to get perfection. I mean, we're, mm. not, we're not robots. They're, they're, that's not a... You're not ignoring red flags if you allow a person to fail and be human. Mm-hmm. I think it comes down to more than anything is an acknowledgement of these things. If a person can recognize it, you know, if if, um, if a person says every once in a while that just frustrates me so much, I hate that it, I that I that I get that way like I don't want to I'm like I'm trying to work through it and then when those things happen there's just a honest self-assessment of like you know what I, I, I was wrong I, I shouldn't have gotten frustrated there mm-hmm. I'll try to be aware of it like I, I personally think that you can forgive that for a long time right when a person doesn't see it they've done nothing wrong or even worse if the reason I get frustrated is because you frustrated me every time, mm-hmm. like run. That's just that's bordering on abusive. Right. It's always your fault. Like I have to be in control of my own emotions. I can fail, but I have to be able to acknowledge that I failed at this part of it. Right. So the self awareness for sure is a is a tip off for that. But also early on you might hear them give tell stories about times that they blow up at work a lot or maybe that they try to seek revenge out for people who wronged them for maybe something that you think is a small misunderstanding. But those can be kind of get to be hard to spot because people get good at manipulation. So, well, I think it's also important that when you're talking about a play partner is that you have to be able to trust the person isn't going to play when they're in the wrong state of mind. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if a dom says, you know what, I wanted to play, I've had a really bad day, I I am not in the right mind space right now to top you. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be the, what is the opposite of a red flag? That is the sign of somebody that you, that you could probably trust quite a bit. Right. Because they're aware of their own. But the flip side, well, first off, obviously somebody who wants to take out their day on you is not good. Right. Like, this should never come from a place of anger or that was just it wasn't me but it it can be cathartic for the (laughs) sadist in a top in some situations Mm -hmm. but it still needs to be controlled so i do think that is it's a matter of Mm self-assessment as much as anything acknowledging that some of those are failings 
And if, if you're able to do that, I don't really call that a red flag. I call it a red flag when you've done nothing wrong. That's the narcissist blaming others, mm-hmm. inability to control, not making good decisions, not making the decision to not play when you're in the wrong state of mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the red flags in that. It isn't just mood swings. Pe- people, some really good, trustworthy people have mood disorders. Right. Doesn't mean you can't play with them. I mean, in fact, mm-hmm. in, in our community, we have a lot of people that come from backgrounds. There's a correlation between certain backgrounds and certain lifestyles, and right. we have we have seen those. We have seen these in the yeah. community, and it does not mean that these are not people. They're not safe. Not that doesn't make them a safe, the, unsafe person. Correct. One hundred percent. Right. So, um, on the same kind of thread, but a different variation of somebody who's kind of explosive is somebody who's completely disconnected. Or Dis- disassociated. Yeah. So, like, they have this dead look behind their eyes. It's very commonly described as an as a sociopathic trait. But, I mean, there are people who just aren't good at making eye contact or kind of shy. But what it is is when it goes beyond that and there's the bad vibes behind it. So, trusting your instinct on that. Yeah, I... So, that that one I'm not as sure about. Because people with sociopathic tendencies can also be the people in the most control as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't... I think that if somebody lacks empathy for you, then that's a red flag. Mm-hmm. If, if there's not the, the empathetic connection... You have to be. You have to be careful. I don't rule them out as a potential play partner because there are people. There are tops, mm-hmm. doms, who do not have certain levels of empathy, but have certain skill sets that you get your needs met with. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's automatically bad if they're in control, if they have, if they have a good reputation. But relationship-wise, I mean, empathy I think is extremely important. That's different than somebody who is dead with their own emotions. Right. If a person is has empathy but is kind of neutral as far as their highs and lows, I'm not sure that's a red flag. As long as it comes with empathy for your emotions. Mm-hmm. Some people just aren't very emotional. Or some people require more. I mean, how many people in our community require really intense things for sex to have the significance that a normie Mm -hmm. would have simply by having sex that level of whatever sex is to the to the vanilla world some people in our community need pretty intense stuff just to get that level of ooh, this was exciting Mm -hmm. so i i don't think it's an automatic red flag right if it has empathy if empathy comes with it That's also kind of a sticky point because when you're dealing with somebody who's traditionally vanilla, they would see something like laughing at suffering as a really big red flag or like something. And and that's something that like somebody yeah. who's sadistic is just going to do. They're just going to do. And that's, <laughs> well, that's what you're looking for sometimes, right? right? You want someone that finds... You know, actually, and 
I even role play that dead emotion and indifference because it's the only way I know how to scare you. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Sometimes it seems like you just don't care. And I'm like, Uh-oh. oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> because if I tried with my personality to act mean and emotional, you're not going to take it that serious because you know that's not me. Right. You know, like I get angry about every four and a half months or some something where I actually like lose my shit over something. It's very rare that you see me upset over anything. So, yeah, if I try to pretend I'm angry, you're going to be like, oh, he's pretending to be. Yeah, it's it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. you're funny. Like I so I when I scare you, it's because I, I'm trying to make you think that I'm not aware that what I'm doing is hurting you <laughs> or that I'm not being taken seriously or that I'm or <laughs> yeah, that I'm dismissing you, which again, in vanilla context would be us extremely distressing, but. Well, in the context of a role play and a scene, mm-hmm. you can take on. There's not a, there's not one single role that you take on that can't be acceptable to achieve the goal of that scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the nicest doms in the world will take on the role of really brutal human beings mm-hmm. to achieve the emotional response they want. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. We're talking mm-hmm. about just in relationships, I think. Yeah, but yeah, if you treated me that way at the grocery store. We would have a problem. Right, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so again, I'm not sure that's as much of a red flag, the emotionless part. Yeah, it's it's almost like when we're talking red flags, this is why we have to have these discussions, because in vanilla world, those are seriously bad problems. In the relationship, they can be, if they're not negotiated to be that way. And in a play scene, it's probably not even bad, you know, like potentially not, even potentially bad. not even. I mean, if you get into the roller coaster that I built and you strap in, mm-hmm. I'm taking you on the ride that I choose. Right. You don't get to choose my character. Right. So another one I have written down is somebody who gives you too much too quick in the context of like dumping their emotional baggage on you or just telling you every skeleton in their closet it it's probably a tip off that they're not in control of themselves because they can't hold that back but it also just shows a lack of boundaries because they're willing to pile all of that on you with without regard to your comfort level of like wanting to deal with that what do you think about that hmm I think that would be individual. I walked around. You know what an open book I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't dump things on you, but a stranger at the grocery store could ask me anything and I'll give him an honest answer. I have no problem with everything being out there. I think what maybe dumping things on you as far as asking you to take on some emotions, like crying about an ex mm-hmm. or... You know, putting things on you that require you to invest emotion is not okay. But a complete honest and openness, I I, I don't find that bad. I, I really don't. If a person's open and honest, as long as they're not offering too much, mm-hmm. I think there's a little bit of um, matching too, is that if you are... 
if you're someone I'm dating and you're clearly trying to set boundaries, ease into this, and I'm going five times as fast, well, that's maybe just a lack of picking up on social cues, which was an earlier topic, which Mm -hmm. was why am I not picking up on the fact that you're only comfortable at a certain pace and I'm trying to force more. Mm -hmm. So I think that might be, but I'm not sure that's a dangerous, I don't know if I'd call that a red flag, more of just a personality. Do you want someone that is going to dump stuff on you? But it doesn't scare me. Mm -hmm. And again, the honest openness, I'm like, I'm in the honest open camp. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's, that's just my personality. Well, and like you were saying with the, the matching, like as far as roles go, that can be very therapeutic even in certain roles. So if you have a DDLG arrangement and daddy likes to help baby girl with her stuff, like dumping all of that on him can be part of the dynamic. So it it would be a red flag in a norm, in a vanilla context, but it's not when it's a negotiated part of your kink. Yeah. And again, red flags doesn't mean personality traits that don't make for a good partner. Red flag, I think, specifically means something to be afraid of or worried about. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone leaves the cap off the toothpaste, that might annoy the hell out of you. It's not a red flag that you shouldn't play with them. It just means if you like the cap on the toothpaste, don't marry them. <laughs> I had a one partner one time tell me that there are two kinds of people in the world. The people who roll a tube of toothpaste and the people who flatten the roll of toothpaste. And I told them I was both. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess maybe I need to find somebody who's okay with both. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> the next one I had was similar to that. And it is too soon too fast which you just kind of touched on where like maybe the it seems like a really romantic thought and I know as a girl this is kind of something that we're socialized into thinking like some Prince Charming is going to come in and sweep us off our feet and it's just all fairy tales but when it comes in too quickly or forcefully or they're trying to false falsely give you a sense of trust that might be an indication that you need to step back I think that's all about what your gut tells you. Mm-hmm. If someone moves fast, but you're on the same pace because you guys are in this rocket ship relationship, there's not a darn thing wrong with moving fast. Mm-hmm. As long as you both want to move fast. Mm-hmm. But again, that's, that's again picking up on social cues. If they're moving faster than you, you know, I mean, come on, everybody's heard the story about the guy who's dating a woman for two weeks and gives her an engagement ring. And she's like, What? Yeah. Like, he just doesn't have a clue that, that that's scary. That's a potential stalker. Mm-hmm. That's someone that just doesn't understand the dynamics of human relationships. Right. But you also hear just as many stories about two people. By the way, it doesn't have to be a man and a woman, obviously. But mm-hmm. you two people who go out on the first date... And have been attached to the hip ever since, and they've never been happier. Yeah. So it's really, is someone going too fast when you don't want to? And right. and do they respect that about you? Are they are they able to pick up on the fact that that's not where you're at? If, if they can't pick up on that, 
It's scary. And somebody that gets far more attached to you than you are to them is a potential stalker. Mm-hmm. And that is a really creepy situation. And it happens all the time. Way Definitely. more than it's reported. Definitely. So, yeah. So, that's one of those things. that, And, and it might start off really, really innocent, too. So, you, you kind of have to keep that in your in the back of your mind. Every stalker is doing romantic things mm-hmm. to a point. Right. I mean, oh, my God. Flowers are great. Flowers twice in the same week. My God, my ex never did that in seven years. Three times a week. Mm-hmm. A little too much. Flowers every day. Way over the top. Delivered maybe. in person at lunch. Right. Every single day. Comes with a... Yeah, I mean, and that's... That is 100% trust. When you're starting to feel that, then yeah, you got it. And that's the perfect segue to the next one that I wrote down, which is obsession. When somebody shows up on their first date and they've al- they already know personal details about you, like beyond what's on your dating profile. Or they know stuff about like where you work. Or they're doing those kind of things that are seeming romantic gestures. They're just obsessive about their interactions with you. It's all... But that's also, again, about feeling. I've dated many people who are like, hey, just so you know, after we talk, I stalked her Facebook page. They tell you right off the bat, they they use the word stalked, which they weren't. But they want to check out who you were because you seem like a nice person. They want, like, that is, there's nothing wrong or unhealthy about that in 2020. Mm -hmm. Right. It's almost normal. How how does it feel? Mm -hmm. You know, what what kind of questions are they asking about it? I mean, like... God, this is just, you have to trust your God. I mean, all of these, or most of these, if they aren't automatically red flags. Right. Unless they don't make you feel good. Mm-hmm. By That's the way, when it crosses the line. We're and... gonna, we'll talk, by the way, when we're done, let's talk about what to do in the case of red flags. I have some... We can do that on really, the wrap-up, yeah. Really good thoughts here on what to do when you get red flags. Okay. So the next one in that same... First same thread is like when it's starting to feel creepy is that they disrespect your feelings so you have boundaries around i don't want to talk about my children or i don't you know we don't need to talk about my place of business when it doesn't feel okay to you they shouldn't be telling you oh calm down you know it's okay to look up everybody you know just the situation isn't that scary it's just respect yeah you have to respect the person's what's comfortable for them and it doesn't mean it has to be comfortable for you i'm an open book mm-hmm. but i have all the respect in the world for the fact that other people aren't right they're not wrong because they're not like me i'm not wrong because i'm not like them i mean we're just different right so the alarm bell really is when they make you feel like you're making something out of nothing or maybe making you saying oh you're just silly or that's Oh, you got confused. That's not exactly what I was doing. Like, that's gaslighting. That is really a big trigger for there's something else going on here. Yeah, and it's, again, this is all coming back to your gut and then also how the person reacts to it. Mm -hmm. If someone went on your Facebook page and asked something a little too personal and you say to them, well, that kind of creeped me out. If their response is, oh my God, I just realized how that must have looked. 
Oh my God, I am so, so sorry. I've, I had no, oh my God, that was, oh my God, please forgive me. That was, I, I can't believe I did that. Like, like if, if that's their response and they acknowledge it, well, I mean, we're humans. We're not perfect. You can't, we're not robots. If the person responds the right way and it doesn't happen again and you're, you, I mean, yeah, that's okay. But if they dismiss you, yeah, it's, you sure you didn't read my notes? Because that's a perfect segue to the next one, which is, is people who refuse to apologize. Like, it can be so awkward and embarrassing to realize that you've crossed a line or done something to embarrass somebody else. But when somebody who never admits their mistakes or doesn't apologize for anything or or worse yet, flat out denies their role in the problem, that's the red flag. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's like that that's just a personality thing Mm -hmm. someone who's never wrong i mean good luck in that relationship unless you've negotiated that your dom was never wrong which is perfectly healthy (laughs) (laughs) absolutely fine your master can totally be right all the time if you've agreed to it Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean that's being able to self-assess your own flaws we talked about that earlier i mean i think that's that's super important Mm-hmm. You know, why did you, why did you break up with your ex? You know, you can tell all the horrible things your ex did as long as you're also willing to say, but you know what, honestly, I, I was working too much. I tend, mm-hmm. you know, I would literally, you know, one time on her birthday, I forgot. Like, I mean, you know, as long as you can assess yourself, I think it's perfectly okay to to bitch about your ex too as long as you're willing to also say but here's my role well yeah and if you're not able to see it be willing to accept some criticism that's constructive you know it's not sure. i'm not going to bash somebody over their decisions but you know if they automatically take any feedback as a personal attack that's not a good thing no they need to be secure well, especially in a dom i mean a dom that gets threatened easily mm-hmm. that's a that's fake i mean i'm not trying to knock anybody else but i mean if if you're not that person mm-hmm. then you can top somebody in a role play but you're not the alpha you're not their dom i mean right being threatened is by criticism or opinions or just someone that's you know, disagrees with you or, I mean, I mean, all that stuff is, I mean, I think that's kind of sketchy, but again, that does not mean they don't, they can't be a perfectly awesome play partner. That's different than a relationship, but as a play partner, they could step into a role and have skills that you love. It's perfectly fine to enjoy them for that while simultaneously thinking, Hey, this is great three times a month. Mm-hmm. I would, but that's all I can, I can never yeah. live with that person. That person is never wrong. They're perfect. And it from the top, doesn't mean they're not trustworthy. Something maybe, right? But relationships different. Mm-hmm. And from the top, it might look like a bottom that dissolves into a puddle. Every time you give them some kind of feedback, they can't internalize that. They can't work with getting built up. Like they refuse to accept those things when you point them out so that you can help with it right like that kind of not being able to work with the criticism is is also an issue right i don't think that side gets talked about as much Mm -hmm. for sure 
Um, so the next one I have is people who have rigid thinking. So I wrote down, yes. it's when people see things only as black and white, but it runs deeper as a habit. To them, you're either all good or all bad and never in between, which means basically it boils down to the they love you or they hate you and there's nothing in between like they cannot accept you at all because you're bad but when you're good you're good yeah this is a tricky one in 2020 because the things have become so polarized outside of our community Mm -hmm. that it tends to be us versus them you're either for or against the police you're either a liberal or you're a conservative you're either a christian or you're an atheist there's no area where there's any gray either you you want to take away everybody's guns or you want to make it mandatory that everybody wears guns like there's no middle ground so i wonder about this one because i agree this is an awkward personality trait but boy you're ruling out most people nowadays if you're actually like if you're actually asking people to exist in gray Mm -hmm. but it is tough so i think but the rigid thinking is if you're set on what you think and you're not willing to see things differently then you're incredibly insecure and it goes back to like you're threatened you're threatened by a different opinion mm-hmm. i mean everything should start with i may be wrong especially if you're t- well if you're speaking of opinions especially but there's a lot of things that are subjective that people tend to think that of right and wrong black and white well and it, as it applies to kink there's ways that that can play out differently too because they think there's only one true way to be dominant or only one true way to be a sadist or you're not a good submissive if this and that kind of black and white yeah, thinking is it's wrong is it's wrong it is wrong it, it is like a good scene is like a dance like you could have the greatest dance instructor in the world if you have a student that doesn't follow the lead and they dance together, it's a terrible dance. You can have the best student in the world if you have a lousy dance instructor, it's an ugly dance. Mm-hmm. It requires, like the magic happens when both people are able to come together, but if you both have just one specific way of doing things and being and thinking and feeling, you may line up perfectly. Mm-hmm. But that's not usually the case. There's got to be some flexibility. Now, having said that, you can and it is okay to put more of that on the submissive because that's could be part of the nature of this mm-hmm. you know submitting does mean riding the roller coaster the dom's created the coaster but the dom has to be able to be flexible in the coaster design right you know during negotiation and during getting to know the person there's got to be some flexibility or else well, i should say there's got to no there doesn't have to that's wrong it could be, this is my coaster, ride it or don't. Your choice. And that's, I was just going to say that. That's also acceptable as well. But in a relationship, the relationship part of the DS, I think that there's going to be, there has to be a little more flexibility, at least at a stage, until you know enough to build a coaster. Yeah, because once you know what works for you, you can't just be so open-minded your brain falls out. You have to stick to what you know and then work in the areas where there's room to explore more. Yeah. But if something is just not your bag, then don't do it. Yeah, but it's, yeah, but being, you know, being open 
and not being rigid is certainly makes for a better dance. Definitely. All right, I've got two more. So the next one is someone who plants discord. Toxic, toxic people will create arguments wherever they go. This can sometimes take the form of actions like pitting people against one another through manipulation or purposefully spilling juicy secrets, knowing that the argument that ensues will benefit them. This can play out in the community a lot. And if that, for me, is a huge red flag. If, if I find out that somebody has that kind of reputation in the community, I almost certainly will avoid them. That just goes for people in general. If someone introduces negativity where there doesn't need to be any, mm-hmm. that's that's just a red flag on who to be friends with or who to hire, hire to work at your company. Mm-hmm. But part of the benefit of being in the community is that you can hear those stories from other people without having to go through that yourself. Right. Where in the vanilla dating world, that might not be the case. No. Because you don't have friends in common or whatever. Yeah, and again, this is, I mean, everything is just multiplied by seven mm-hmm. in this world. The excitement, the, the, the positive and negative, everything is just multiplied. Mm-hmm. So that type of negativity that would otherwise be manageably annoying becomes over-the-top toxic. Right, for sure. Um, and, you know, it's going to violate trust. You're not going to trust someone if that's their personality. It's also just not the, the mindset that you probably want to go into unless you're choosing. You know, I, I, there's always the caveat unless you choose it and negotiate it. But mm-hmm. I don't know many people that want to go into a scene facing toxicity. Well, and you have to you have to validate that it's actually toxicity and not a role. Because if you're watching somebody playing with somebody else in in a dungeon, for example, what might look like belittling behavior or them being rude ridiculing them about their looks or something might be what that person's kink is. So you have to check it. A hundred percent. No, I mean, judging another scene is almost impossible. Right. You kind of have to judge it the way you watch a movie Mm -hmm. and just enjoy the movie. Yeah. But yeah, that's not, but then, but let's say reputation is a big thing, but, but it's also just how that person interacts with you. Mm -hmm. I mean, they can be any way they want to during the scene you haven't negotiated that's okay for them to be that way with you right if they think they can that's wrong of course Mm -hmm. or if they like blow up at the server when you go out for coffee afterwards or talk about somebody behind their back then then of course those are the the red flags you're looking well and don't expect anybody to not do any of those things with you Mm -hmm. if they blow up at the server they'll blow up at you if they talk about someone else behind their back they're going to talk about you if they, if they bitch about their exes and you break up with them, they're going to bitch about you. If For they, sure. If they lie to other people, they're going to lie to you. Nope. Oh, wait. Maybe not. Take, let, me, <laughs> let me take that one back. If they lie to previous partners, they're going to lie to you. There are certainly people who will lie to, who have honest relationships with their partners, but will lie to the government and coworkers and customer service so that's not necessarily true but if they lie to other partners if that's their relationship pattern right i would call that so the last one i have is ghosts and zombies so ghosting is obviously prolific in dating these days but i think that's almost a blessing in disguise like people 
who don't consider you enough to tell to say goodbye or say this isn't working for me are doing you a favor by walking out of your life zombies on the other hand are harder to handle that is somebody who's like really erratic in their behavior so they'll send you like a thousand texts in two days and then you won't hear from them a week and then they pop back in and act like they haven't been gone for a week and like what's that about yeah that's i mean is that a red flag or is that just a person that you may choose that's not how you want to have a relationship well i think it's definitely a red flag if you can't tell what's going to happen if if that's like okay they dropped the ball once that's different but if it's something that is a pattern of behavior then that's definitely a red flag because you you won't ever be able to truly be authentic with that person not knowing how they're going to react to it if something you said is the reason that they stop talking or if it was just that time of the week that they stop So, yeah, so I think that that just is really being considerate. That's That comes down to empathy. You know, if I'm, you know, I was traveling a lot. And if I was going to be not available all day or all evening, I would let you know. Not because you're monitoring me, not because I'm required to tell you, but... Setting it, expectations. Yeah, yeah. If, I mean, if you message me and you're not going to hear back till the next day, I want to be respectful and let you know ahead of time so you don't wonder why I'm not writing back. Mm-hmm. And I'm not required to respond to every text right away. That's not the way it works. But if you know that, then I, again, I'm just cognizant of your feelings. Right. It's not, it's not hard with empathy. It's easy if you have no empathy. Definitely. And just good communication skills. But that's also definitely a red flag. If it's somebody that you want an ongoing thing, either you learn to accept it or you overcome it by expressing that you need more communication around those times. Or maybe it's just let them go because it's going to be something that you can't deal with being left hanging or left alone for a certain amount of time right so that's all i had for those red flags and basically it comes down to that it's super hard in the bdsm context to figure out what's a red flag and how sometimes people who are manipulative and untrustworthy are just super good at being that way so it might be hard to spot but it might also be something that turns you on and you have to learn to not let those things become a point of being taken advantage of right so i do want to add one to this mm-hmm. so a lot of this is in the relationship realm but i think the biggest red flag is somebody who doesn't take your safety serious Mm -hmm. and doesn't respect your desire for safety. I think that may be almost the biggest one. They have a problem with you having a safe word, having a buddy that you call the fact that you let somebody know who you're with and where you're going to be. If they get offended by that, like done, Mm -hmm. that's a, that's a fairly black and white one for sure. 
they should, your safety should be paramount and they should respect your desire to be safe as much as they care about your safety themselves or even more. Like you should care more about your safety than they should. I mean, when it comes down to it. Mm-hmm. But if, if that's not taken serious, you're going to get hurt. Like, period. Right. And the dominant has risk as well as far as being alone with somebody who might turn it around and say that they were harmed. So, yeah. definitely somebody they not have to taking re- your saf- their safety seriously is is a red flag from both sides. Yeah. 100%. So you wanted to wrap it up with what to do when there's red flags? Mm-hmm. So I think this is pretty easy. I mean, you need to make a judgment call. Like, what's a red flag versus what is an under... Like, there's an amount of, like... Mm-hmm. Like, a red flag is something that you run at. Right. But certain personality things, you have to decide if it's something you can live with. If it's not dangerous, then you can make those decisions. If it's not threat to your safety... If the person is not a threat of becoming a stalker or harming your reputation in the community, mm-hmm. then it's just a question of can I live with the, the cat being off the toothpaste? Right. I do think that the longer you have a relationship with somebody, the more you've invested into it. Of course, the more you should be willing to put some effort into that. I mean, if you're with someone and have a pretty good thing going for three months, but you notice something about them that, that's kind of a problem, like, you know turn and run i mean that you, you can address it and try to resolve it and try to work with them on it i mean you've, you have invested into this thing mm-hmm. that's different than a red flag when you've had nothing invested you've exchanged a few texts or you've gone out for coffee once or twice right you it's have much easier to cut and run. you have no stake in the game at that right. point much easier to cut and run uh what I'm actually, for various unfortunate reasons, extremely familiar with what to do with stalkers and how to deal with stalkers and what who is potentially a stalker. And the thing that, that's important is that if you cut it off with that person, I mean, you can be polite. Hey, you know, enjoyed coffee last night. Or even if you played with them, I enjoyed, you know, I had a good time, but don't think it's going to work out. I don't want to have a relationship with you anymore. Mm-hmm. I tend to have this in my mind, this rule that I, I think it's okay for somebody to ask one time. I think it's acceptable for them to say why in some form or another. Was there something like that? That's not unreasonable to ask that. You're not required to answer. And I believe one answer is sufficient. After that, you're done. Well, it's an opportunity for learning. Is there something that you could do differently or? Yeah. Especially if the person writes back and says, hey, I totally respect your decision. Not a problem. I think I wish you the best. But if you wouldn't mind, was it something I said? Like, I mean, there's nothing. That's not being defensive. That's not mm-hmm. being weird. I think you're allowed one of those. It's the persistence. That it's becomes... the persistence. Mm-hmm. But after once, if the person continues to not accept your answer, the only response you can do is to blo- end communication 100%. You have to stop engaging that person. Continuing to engage somebody that you've already said you don't want to have any type of relationship with is a relationship. And if you train them that their persistence will get a response out of you, you're training them to stalk you. 
Mm-hmm. It's not your fault. You're not, you're the victim, but you're training them incorrectly. If somebody messages you 50 times and doesn't get a reply, and on the 51st time you say, stop texting me, you might as well have just told them, hey, if you want to get a response from me, I need 51 texts to get it. Right, because you reopen the door. You reopen the door. So it needs to be a cutoff block. And if you have to, block on your phone. I mean, once you said to a person, I don't want to have a relationship with you, thank you, I wish you the best. You're not being rude ever. Right. For stopping, period. You don't, by the way, that rule of having to respond once, you're not required to do that. I tend to think that's a nice human thing to do because the majority of people aren't stalkers. If, even if they ask why, mm-hmm. maybe they just want to know what it is about them because the last eight first dates didn't go well. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. But right. it, if they want to accept that, you just have to stop, block completely, end of discussion. And if it still doesn't, stop and you are truly in an unsafe situation reach out for help get the cops involved if you have to yeah and this is like this is not a common occurrence right but you have to take you have to nip it in the bud stop communication immediately if it persists it needs to be dealt with immediately it can like that is the best effective so without going off into an area outside of my area of expertise but like a woman's shelter, for example, would be... By the way, men can get stalked too. Mm-hmm. And we, we do not get taken seriously. Trust me on this one. Mm-hmm. Men will not be taken seriously if you have a stalker. It's almost would be... The police will borderline laugh at you and think it's funny. It's horrific. But if you're a woman, you are, you are in a more vulnerable position than a man. Just fact. Mm-hmm. So uh, women's shelters are probably the best place to get advice as far as how to proceed with this. Hopefully it never comes up, but if a thousand people hear this, it's not going to be zero that have dealt with it. Mm -hmm. So go get an expert opinion and then take their advice. They know better than I do or or they know better than you too. Right. They're experts. It's like going to a doctor when you're sick. You can also reach out to the community. There are people who are acquainted with ways to get help for you. Or they might say, no, that's maybe not as bad as it seems talk to a fellow submissive that can help you gauge your response to the situation and see if it's maybe something about you that's not not right yeah i'm not and we don't agree on everything Mm -hmm. i don't necessarily agree with that i think when it comes to the moment you're feeling unsafe i don't think there should be any room for hey maybe it's just my reaction no no i'm talking about the not extreme situation like sometimes if it's maybe maybe a personality thing that you're trying to to resolve having a fellow submissive that's maybe more experienced with how dominance work would be able to give you another perspective on it or something like that yeah no okay so yeah you're right so i guess i don't disagree i guess we were talking about two different things i'm thinking about when it's red flags i think it's specifically when you say i'm done with this relationship and it persists no yeah if you're at that point just and it, and it. that does not mean the person has to be threatening at this point mm-hmm. or scary or you know they don't even have to be showing up at your work with flowers like they literally just the fact that they're still texting you after you told them no mm-hmm. is serious yes that definitely. is not to be taken lightly so talk to somebody Mm-hmm. And uh, take it seriously yourself. Listen to your instinct. I think that about 
sums it up. Yeah. We covered 4% of the red flags. There's so many more, but those are the big ones we could think of or that you could think of. I think you did a great job. Thank you. All right. Thanks, you guys. Until next time.